This is a test of the Bounty Park Alert System. Hello and... Am I coming through? Am I coming through? Yeah, yeah, sorry, it's just to turn the volume down on my desk. So that's a smooth start. Hello, welcome to what is surely almost the last episode of this season's Boundary Park Alert System with me and Andy Halliwell. We are nearly there, Andy. We're just about crossing I mean, the line. Is that, I don't think that's true. I think, aren't we going to put one out next Monday anyway? We're going to pre-record one. And then you're going to do another one uh, after that, which is the end of the season one. Well, that's only, yeah, but we're almost there, aren't we? It's only two. All right, there's, there's, there's two more episodes to come then. <laughs> it's not quite the penultimate, and it's not the it's not the final one. Um, what's the third final? Does anyone know what the, the third final one is, as, as opposed to up penultimate? No, I don't know what is the word no. in the English language. No, none of us don't. No. Anyway, it's that one. Um, oh. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the other thing I feel I feel, uh, I feel I should point out is, because no one can see this, but... We're quite professional here at the Boundary Park Alert System podcast, and we've got like there's a backcloth to whichever sort of program we're recording. So if we're recording a podcast, there's a podcast backcloth. If the uh, if the phone in is on, there's a phone in backcloth. There is uh, you, I've even seen in in the sort of uh, the library you've got one for OSF, you know, got one for other things. But you're completely using the wrong one for this for this record, aren't you? Oh fuck off, Andy. <laughs> yeah i was i was rushing okay <laughs> i didn't even notice <laughs> i didn't I, the reason, I, when uh, our guest was waiting um, and, and he could see me coming back into the office i think and uh, i'd gone out to get my specs so when i switched all this on i not even got my glasses on uh, and then when i sat down uh and you were all in the stream already so it was too late by then so yeah so thanks for pointing that out even though it's completely irrelevant to the podcast uh andrew right let's move on to something that is relevant to the podcast our guest yeah uh so we got uh we've got a fan guest on uh this morning as usual uh, he's he's one of the Oasis crew uh, because it was a Southern game. Uh, I tried to find a, a, a fan base in the South who was going to the game, um, I, but he's got probably a slightly different story to most. I actually don't know the full story, so it'd be good to, to ask him. But I'll give him his introduction anyway. Yep. Um, so his first game was Wimbledon away, nil nil, two thousand and sixteen, last game of the season, I think. Mm, um, that's going to hook you if nothing does. <laughs> <laughs> So he's only been going, what, seven years. Um, his favourite memory is, in that period of time, quite unsurprisingly, the Fulham away game. Yep. Um, and a surprising fact about himself, he writes to inmates on death row in America as part of a charity he's involved in. Oh, right. So this this uh, this morning's guest is a, is a gentleman called David Muse. Morning, Dave. How are you? Morning, guys. You all right? Yeah, good. Thanks, Dave. That's that's interesting about the death row thing. Yeah, I've been doing it for a few years now, and uh, yeah. yeah, you just sort of become mates with them. Really, it's a bit bit strange, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the um, what's the strangest response you've ever had? Like, because presumably you you have to reach out initially, don't you? And is there like a yeah. is there like a, a book of like people on well, death row? It's basically there's the lady who's in charge of it all. She has effectively a book of just letters from everyone in America who wants. Right. someone to have a pen pal with and then yeah. you get that letter from her and then you write off to oh okay so you've whoever. got some, something so to base it on yeah response. so i've got two 
two at the moment, both in Florida, who uh yeah, been on there since I think about nineteen ninety four. Wow, can can it's I ask you if they, if they do they do they admit their guilt or do they? Because uh, it's obviously yes, they, they do. Yeah, yeah, they do. One one of them still going through a lot of appeals, so he doesn't do his. He can't really say too much, but the other one he's very upfront with. Yeah, yeah, because obviously that's the main. Well, I mean, there's all kinds of uh, philosophical and political and ethical reasons why the death penalty is probably not a good idea or is a good idea, depending on your, view, your viewpoint. But obviously, killing innocent people is <laughs> on death row is one of the um, is one of the main reasons I think for not having uh, the death penalty. But uh, wow, that's really interesting. That yeah, that's interesting. I could talk um, about we I'm could talk about that all for the whole podcast today, but we, we you know, <laughs> that's not what people. I mean, I'm I'm really interested now. Like, that's all I want to talk about. But um, uh, let's not do that. Um, <laughs> um, well, the, the other point to note is is if it was 1994 when these uh, gentlemen, assuming the gentlemen, um, were sort of consigned to death row, we were in the Premier League then. <laughs> yeah, have you, it's have crazy. You pointed, have you pointed that out to them? <laughs> yeah, I tell them. I tell them about it. Put they don't even know what Oldham is. <laughs> send, us some, send them some stickers from the uh, 1994 season of the, uh, of the Premier League. So, I mean, it's something to stick on the wall, isn't it? I mean, it's a bit different, I suppose. But uh, anyway, I don't want to make light of it. You know, it's probably, you know, it's quite a, it's quite a serious thing, isn't it? But um, yeah, so how, tell us how you came to support Oldham because you're clearly not from Oldham. You told me before you were from Crawley. So tell us that story. Yeah. Well, basically, my granddad was an Oldham fan his entire life. And... Uh, I remember watching the games on the telly with him when they beat Liverpool and, you know, I, I sort of kept, always kept an eye on him. And then when he passed away in 2016, me and my cousin and my brother, we started thinking, might get into this a little bit more and we might mm -hmm. see what this is all about. Then I went onto the website uh, where I met Andy and all the Oasis lot and then, yeah, I just got hooked since then, really. Brilliant. And was he an older than your granddad? Yeah, yeah, he was from Shaw. Yeah. Right, but he, right. he moved down here after the, after the war. Yeah. So, uh he still had his accent right up until, until we passed away. Good stuff. No, that's good stuff. And um, obviously, Andy, you and I and the um, and the, the the guys in our WhatsApp group have discussed Crawley at length <laughs> over the last uh, over the last season or so since they got took over by um, Wagme. Is it Wagme Group? Yeah, Wagme yeah. United. And um, they've they've managed to stave off relegation anyway. Unfortunately, I must admit, I was kind of hoping they would go down. Um, yeah, but so in, pla in the place we've got Rochdale and looks like, uh, is it Hartlepool as well, uh, are coming down. So two northern teams, which is, I guess is good for us. Not so much for you, Oasis lot. But um, <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever been to Crawley Town or what What, what have, you, have you been keeping yeah, the situation down there? I can, I can walk down there in about 40 minutes. So a lot of my friends have got season tickets. So whenever there's one going, I'll, I'll pop down there and... Yeah, just you go along. It's not expensive. Well, we, we went last year for that two-two when we were on when, in the in the running, didn't we? Um, yeah, that was it. Yeah. And what's 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 the vibe like down there? Because like Crawley are one of these teams that like you know rose from the non-league um, and have sort of established themselves in in the football league over the last few years and stuff. And now they've been taken over by <sighs> some more of these kind of fantasy football types from. The internet from cyberspace managing from cyberspace um what's the what's the vibe like what what's people's take on it down there that i mean because i mean they've obviously risen to a point where they probably didn't expect to be being a non-league team such a long time and then what's the aspirations like and what's the what's the feeling like around crawley about the football club well at the start of the season i think they were expecting them to be 
in the top near the playoffs. And then they signed some good players. To be fair, they signed um, is his name Telford, the guy from Newport. Dom Telford, yeah, yeah. They signed him, and it looks like they could do really well. And then they just really struggled. It's quite a surprise, to be fair, but it's just not run very well. A bit like how we were. Just all a bit all yeah. over the place. Well, sorry, I don't. I know this so far. We've talked about Death Row and now Crawley Town, but we're, I'm sure we'll come on to Lockets <laughs> at some point. But um, like, what's it like, Crawley? Is it quite a small place? And because what I did, the reason I'm interested in this, I'm interested in this because we are a big fish now in a small, not in a small pond, but we're a big fish in this league. You know, like in terms of the stature of the club and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we're, you know, we're we're having to. We're in the league below Crawley Town and and other teams that are Forest Green Rovers, for example, Markham, Salford City. There are teams coming up that from um, below us, like North Shields, who are uh, filed. Who are like there's there's this money and there's coming into clubs that, on the face of it, in terms of scale, in terms of populace, um, are just not sustainable. Is is that what Crawley's like? Is it a little place, just a little town? Is it? Yeah, like the, the stadium's quite a way out of the town. So, you, you, like, even on the, if you were to walk around the town on Saturday, you wouldn't really know there's a match going on. It's very, they don't get many fans, really. A couple of thousand, I'd have thought. They keep, mm. they do these initiatives where they, uh, it's like a ticket for a quid. Yeah, they did that for, I think it was Rochdale and Harrogate. So, they, they try, they're trying to do the right thing. It's just, I don't know, it's just people don't seem to be that interested in it. It's a bit strange. You, you wouldn't walk around here and find many Crawley fans. What's the big team around there? Is it like whereabouts is it in relation to London? Uh, about, yeah, so has it got yeah. you got like big South London sort of clubs that yeah, like, Chris, Crystal Millwall Palace, yeah, yeah, Charlton, them kind of Charlton, teams, yeah. yeah, Brighton obviously now seems to be yeah. cropping up more and more, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, just don't get many quality fans really. If, if you if you look on if you look on the the old internet, uh, it has a town population of one hundred and twenty thousand, Matt. So it's about half the size of Oldham. Right, right. Oh, so I mean, in theory, they could they could generate quite big crowds. Then, in theory, couldn't they? Yeah, they, they, they could. could. But they're, they're just surrounded by. You've got a lot. There'll be a lot of Chelsea fans in and around that part of the world as well. You know, uh, yeah. just like us, they're surrounded by big clubs and they're yeah. traditionally. I don't. Know, I've been to Crawley quite a few times. It, it, <laughs> one of the one of the stands has got like a tarpaulin roof on it, just <laughs> to give you an idea. That, that, that's only been on there in the last five or so years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's it's a proper rickety non-league ground. I mean, like some of the, you know, a bit like Sutton United, and you know, I didn't go to, I haven't been to Harrogate, but a lot a lot of these places, which are you know quite obviously worse than our place um, and much smaller than us. But this is the this, thing, though. This, but this is the interesting point, though. That is, it's all relevant to Latics. Like, it, just the, it's you know taking a step back from um, you know who we are, where we think we should be, and all this kind of stuff, and and just looking at the modern, you know, the face of modern football, and and seeing who's where and who's who, and 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 it's easier for people to come in and invest in places like Crawley and 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 whatnot. Um, and tr- and try and do something there than it is at places like Oldham. And it's just like we are fortunate that we got what we got uh, at the end of last season. I mean, Andy, like you, you were trawling through looking for things that you know, noting things that where we were this time last year. And like, it's just chalk and cheese, isn't it? It really is. So it was, feel very it, lucky. This, this time last year was was the Salford home game. So this time last year, uh, Uncle Nobed was instructing everyone to lock all the fire doors, uh, block everyone in. Finishing games without, you know, we were getting relegated. 
from the Football League with split ownership across land. And, you know, I mean, one year on, it's yeah. unbelievable the change. Yeah. And, and like, like what you say, it's easy to invest in other clubs. It would be easy. It would have been easy to invest in Oldham Athletic, but you had two parties holding out for a princely sum of money. And we've discussed this, that the Rothwell family, I think as a going rate, paid way over the odds to save us. And thank Lord they did. <laughs> yeah. You know, because we're, we're, in, we're in a position now where we're going to be able to compete. Um, and we're, we're going to fire back up the leagues. And, and that, that, that process for me has already begun. You can start, you start to see it in the results. We'll somewhere have to finish the article, but, you know, with, with, a, with a few more signings, um, you know, signings, signings like a Dom Telford for, that, that could we talked about that, that Crawley have signed. If we could sign players of that ilk, you know, you never know. Yeah. Well, you know, like you, obviously there's, there's not a, a, there are quite a number of people in Oasis spread across the South and stuff, but I can't imagine in the Crawley area, there's loads of Oldham fans. So when, 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 when you are, you know, when you walk, you've got your Oldham shirt on now, like when you've got your Oldham shirt on and the, the conversation comes up in the pub or at work or whatever, like what's the, what's the response when you say you're an Oldham fan? Uh, what's the awareness of Oldham and, and all that kind of stuff? The older people, sort of go they go oh yeah they used to be good and then this, if you get like, like i'm a builder so the laborers you say oldham they go what league are they in and you think oh gosh like this isn't good like you should yeah. know but then the more the, the more people i talk about and people come with us and then they do start getting into it like a few of my mates have been like my brothers started to come a lot more so but yeah it's um yeah you don't get many people around here who really know about us I mean, it's getting even more. Um, I've said this story loads of times, but like when I used to start going to Ireland um, in about from 2003, Irish taxi drivers used to regale me with stories of Oldham and the, the former Irish players that played for them and how good they were during the cup runs. And you know, but that's going back a bit now. And um, just that, we even even now though that things have changed, haven't they? The Premier League is even more dominant in people's consciousness. Like people don't know about teams in the championship now like you know like in terms of like mainstream football fans or the populace you know because it's not on terrestrial tv anymore and all that kind of stuff so it's it's it, all the focus is becoming more and more on on the the big clubs and even more on the players i mean like we've had this conversation before as well but, but young kids are following players around now and they, they'll wear the shirt for the team that that he plays for rather than you know sticking to the to the one club, so I don't. Have you got any kids, Dave, or anything like that no, yourself? No, I haven't. No, no. no My brother's so... wife is is pregnant at the moment, so when that baby's born, I will be getting them an Oldham kit. Yeah, you just <laughs> have to. It is literally like a process of indoctrination, isn't it? And like, I don't, but I don't believe in in, in indoctrination. I don't believe in like pushing religion on kids and and all that kind of stuff. But I do believe in pushing football clubs on kids um, because they are free at some point to tell you to piss off, aren't they? So, um, and it's not the end of the world, but like, especially if you support, um, if you support Oldham, like you've, you've really got to make an effort and you've got to take them to games, haven't you, Andy? You know that yourself, like you're, you're taking them to the away games, aren't you? And, and, and up to Boundary Park as much as you can. And um, like our Enzo's like, just desperate. I'm going to keep saying next season, mate, next season, you're going to see a lot more wins you're going to see a lot more. It's going to be it's because it, he gets upset when they lose, because um, he's very competitive he's, as, as, a, as a player and as a kid himself. But like, so coming on to that, coming on to the actual football, only about 16 minutes into the pod. Um, uh, <laughs> yesterday we won again, 
We won 3-0 away at Yorville. Four clean sheets, four wins on the bounce for the first time since, I think it was 20... 2006, I think it was, or 2007. Um, it's a lot, 17 years, I think it is, since it, since it happened. Correct. It's, it's, it, yeah. So the, the, last, the last time we won four in the league was in 2007 when we, we beat uh, Forest 5-0 on, on New Year's Day. That was a good what? day. Last time we won uh, four in a row without conceding a goal was in uh, 2006, but that was three league wins and then the 2 0 win against Kings Lynn in the Cup. Right. And the last time we won four in the league without conceding was in March 2006. So it's all, it's all of, you know, that, that sort of time away. And so yeah. I think the last time we won five in the league, one, two, no, six, the last time we won six on the bounce. Was in two thousand and two, so in Dowie in Dowie's run. So you, you, you get a feel for like the it's that it's the season under Sheridan we've got in the playoffs, Dowie. And if you really want to push it to unbeaten runs, then the next time you'll get is nineteen ninety one. Wow. So this is, I mean, I think we've you know we mentioned it, Lords. I put out that tweet yesterday about us. You know, is everyone feeling zen like you and me now? And they but like this is kind of panning out the way that I certainly hoped it was going to said it was probably going to be a difficult start we would start to improve i said like the ideal scenario for me this season was it's going to be a difficult start we'll start to pick up we'll improve and then we'll finish strongly at the end of the season and that's exactly what's happening and so that's just brilliant it couldn't be i couldn't be couldn't be happier if we can if we can get that win on against bromley um and we own one don't we because they battered us down there um, you know, end of season, last game of the season, uh, R5 kickoff. So it gives everybody a chance to have a couple of extra pints before the game. Should be, a, you know, it's the last game, should be a good crowd, should be a good atmosphere. Um, and hopefully we can we can make it five out of five and keep another clean sheet. That'd be amazing. How was the game, Dave? You, you went yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, to be honest with you, I thought it was one of the best performances I've seen this season. I mean, they weren't great, Yeovil, to be fair. They, they looked like they were a team who got relegated. They just... They just yeah. weren't really doing much, but um, no, I thought we this, we started attacking them, just went on from there really, and yeah, I thought it was quite a good performance. I think three nil might have um flattered us slightly. I don't think it was a three nil, but yeah, no, all 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 in, it was quite a good performance. I thought, but Big Mike and, had his, sub, a... and his substitutions were good. I thought as well. They were well, they were perfect, weren't they? Sambu was... and um, Sambu and uh, Fondop come on, and straight away they link up and score the goal within. 15, 20 minutes of them both coming on. So they did take, make a big difference. Who did he take off then? Reed and Nuttall. All right, so they they both started. I was really yeah. busy yesterday and I just didn't really have time to keep on top of, of what was going on at all. So, um, yeah, you know, Mike Fondop's one of these characters, isn't he? You know, like he's just, he gets um, suspended like that and then, you know, you think, oh God, and then he comes back and just bags a couple of goals straight away and you just think... His free kick was brilliant as well. Right in the top corner it was. Right. I didn't realise he had that in his locker free kicks. No, well, me, me neither. It did sound like David Unsworth didn't either in his post-match I'm going to have to start eating my words on on Mike Fondop because because I've said that I'd have I'd have got rid of him um, and I didn't think he didn't, he's good enough and we need to look for better than Mike Fondop if we want to challenge. But every time he comes on, he proves me wrong. He, he scores goals, doesn't he? So. I think you've got to keep Something him hungry. I think you've got well. to keep him hungry. I think it's something about him that, like, if you keep him kind of hungry and kind of, 
you know, like feel like like when he comes back from like a substitution or injury, he feels like he's got a point to prove. You know, like he, he seems to be able to do the business. And competition strikers have got big egos. They've got they all want to be the top dog. They all want to be the top scorer. Having a, a, a cluster of strikers who you can switch it around and, and play different combinations. If you've got the right players with the with the right attitude who who thrive off that rather than sulk, because you've got two you've got two types of people there, aren't you? You've got people who will just sulk and go, mm, it's not fair, I wouldn't be number. Or you've got you've got players who are gonna graft and try and make themselves top dog. That that's really healthy going into next season. Um and we're shoring it up at the back. Midfield, we've been saying it since the start of the season, has been where our um our team has, has really been let down this season because since Yanni's come in, uh, since Hogan's, you know, re-established himself and started to pick up a bit of form again, we signed Kitchen. Obviously, we need a right back. Um, you know, we've with Fond up, not all Reed. Sambu, I think, has done well since he came in, to be honest. Uh, especially when you consider he's been going uh, through Ramadan and not eating and stuff. You know, like, and I'm sure they'll be looking around for those trackers. It's 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 really encouraging. It really is. How have you? Not how have you found? Away. No, how have you found watching us over the season, Dave? Where do you where do you think we've where do you think we've really improved? And 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 what what are your expectations for next season or hopes for next season? I'd be hoping we'll be in a similar position to what Bromley are now. In that we should, I think we should be in the playoffs next season. Like like Andy was saying on the last pod, like three or four more signings, maybe a few more that actually go straight into that team, improve the team. I don't think we're a million miles away from it, to be honest. And we've got well, good, you... good options, good squad depth as well. Like we got, we have you know good players coming off the bench. So yeah, I think I think next season is quite encouraging. I think when you look at how how close we've got to the playoffs now, you know, at ten points now, and considering we were second bottom at Christmas, um, it shows, doesn't it? Just a string of wins, like even just a couple of runs like this, where you go on four or five winning games, uh, stretch streaks, just build up those points. You don't. It's it's so achievable next year. I think this run, what this run has done, if anything, now has set the expectation a bit higher. Has set the bar not a bit higher, but it's probably resonating across the whole fan base that yeah, playoffs next season really should be a minimum because this 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 squad, the squad that we've got now, having played together for a season and you know being added to and all that kind of stuff, is capable. I think if this squad didn't have any improvements and went again next season, it should be capable of, of, of making the playoffs. But it's going to be better, so it's definitely should be capable of making the playoffs. It will be easier yeah. now with Wrexham gone, gone as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hope with, hopefully with, they'll struggle. With, <laughs> I don't think I don't think they will. I said hopefully they'll struggle next season, but I don't think they will somehow. I think they'll go straight through league too, if I'm honest. And yeah. and I think uh, if Notts County will as well, if they if they go up and retain much of their players, and and I think you know whenever you see teams go up, who went up last year out of this league? Grimsby one of them, and Stockport. Well, Stockport are like fourth. Grimsby are comfortable. No one seems to struggle, do they, in League Two when they go up from the National League, which probably shows you that the the quality at the top end of the National League is you know at least halfway in League Two. I think that we will be we'll fly straight through League Two in in a year or two, not necessarily straight away. And League One will be the leveller. Um, we just got to get going. But if you look now, if I mean, I, I hope Notts County go up because I think they're the best team I've seen. <clears throat> I think they're, they're better than Wrexham. No, um, they're better footballing team than Wrexham. Yeah, yeah and not I, and not massive shit houses like Wrexham at all. They're horrible. Yeah, Wrexham, fucking yeah. awful team. <clears throat> so I hope they go up. And then if that's the case, you've obviously got Rochdale and Hartlepool coming down, and and um, 
you know, uh, maybe the likes of File coming up. Um, Ebbsfleet United have been promoted. They've, they've won National League South at a canter. Um, if, if you've seen who's in their team, they've got Dominic Polion, Cedo Giambatti. Do you remember him? Yeah. One of those yeah. players that, that that Mo forced on uh, the manager. That the manager so wasn't wasn't John Batty the 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 the, 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 the straw that broke uh, Dino Marmaria's back. It was D Dino Marmaria didn't want him, and yeah. and Mohamed Lemzagam forced him upon him, and then they fell out over it, and then Dino got fired. Yeah, that, yeah. that was the backstory <laughs> to that one. Well, well worth it with a player. Yeah, well worth it. Yeah, because great. <laughs> and it, and and the other one they've got is Chris, Christian Ingessen. He was a lad we had alone from Burnley for about five minutes. who was equally his pony that came from one of the agents of uh, of Molden's game. Anyway, that side, they're, they're Agent, all in that the agents team. of doom. The agents of doom. <laughs> they're all in that uh, Ebbsfleet side. <clears throat> you look at so you look at all those teams now, and probably Chesterfield, assuming they don't go up, are the only team that you would say are probably in front of us in terms of they've got a couple of years to, to assemble that squad. They're a bit more well knitted. You know, they've, they've signed some good players this year, like Colclough and what have you. So you'd expect Chesterfield to be favourites to win it. But we could finish anywhere between seventh, second and seventh. And I'd like to think we could finish higher in that. But it, that, that South End game in the week should should show you that we are still some way off, you know, really competing. Because they passed the ball around lovely, didn't they, South End? They didn't have any cutting edge up front. They had, if, perversely, if they had Alex Reid on, they'd have probably won that game themselves. Somebody who was going to finish, but they they moved the ball around beautifully, like short passes, long range passes to feet, one touch football, and then you watch Sheeran and Shelton get hold of it. <laughs> and, it and and I mean, for me, and a lot of people eulogise all, all the Nathan Sheeran. I might start eating my words like I'm doing about Mike Fondock, but it, for me, he's pretty agricultural. He might he might break up play a little bit, but he just cannot pass. And uh, the last player you described as agricultural, right, uh, yeah. is 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 now listed in the Player of the Year for uh, League Two. Uh, I'm not changing. I'm not changing. Stevenage, my mind. Stevenage Town, having I'm led not, them to a, a promotion charge. I'm not changing my mind on Carl Piagiani. That <laughs> boy is agricultural. I'm just saying. I'm just pointing. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. You say that about Shelton and Sheeran. I can't remember which one it was yesterday. One of them had a shot from the halfway line. It come off the crossbar. <laughs> He literally, really? so, yeah, no one was paying attention. No one even yeah. realised it was going towards the goal. <laughs> and we just see the goalie come running back. <laughs> he just put Dong off the crossbar. I couldn't believe it. Everyone's like, who was that? <laughs> well, I, this this is the thing about David Unsworth, isn't it, right? Is, is you know, everyone's entitled to an opinion, but I guess you've got to be able to say, you, you've got to be, you know, mature enough to say, I'm not, I'm, I'm no expert and, and, and I'm not perfect to make a decision. And, and when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm not going to be right every time. So therefore, you know, maybe Mike Fondock does have a role to play in the squad. I don't think, I don't, I wouldn't want to see him starting every week for the reasons you described, Matt. I don't think, I think he has it more, more impact as a substitute or as a squad player. Um, and maybe, um, you know, he can coach some players to become better. A lot of the people who were the naysayers against Unsworth earlier in the season were saying that they, this is what they didn't see. They weren't seeing coaching improvements. They were see, seeing players go backwards, um, and that's what that was one of the things that had, had convinced them to conclude that that David Unsworth wasn't up to the job. And when we were asking for more time just to just to let it bed in, you know, I'd say asking for more time has now quite clearly been proved to be correct because we're talking about eleven wins out of the last twenty odd games. You know, I think is... I think that thing about seeing not seeing improvements was it didn't have any it didn't have any grounds because. 
there are the squad is fitter first of all so the the training that they're doing and the coaching is they're getting fitter we know at this level a lot of it's about mentality and consistency um I think early on when he started, he was trying different players in different positions. He, he had to assess his squad. He had to give everybody a chance. Um, he had to figure out what was going to keep this team in the division because that was the that was the thing at the time because, you know, we, we were struggling. Um, and I think it ultimately he's ended up doing that. I think I don't think there's any chance at all that we'll see Shelton and Sheeran playing in the same midfield next season. I think one of them will play probably as a, as a defensive midfielder. And I think you'll probably then see them perform better when there's another better central ball playing midfielder in front of them. Um, so I don't think we're going to... Uh, I think if he wants to play 4-3-3, which you might well do, you know, you'll have one sitting, mid, one sitting defensive midfielder um, and, and then two more creative midfielders in front of them. Um, Green scored again yesterday. Could he form like the right side of a 4-3-3? Does... does do, I, I suspect that what I mean, if it was me, and like I say, I'm certainly no football expert, but I would want to be able to revert. I would want to have a certain style, a four-three-three, but I would want to be able to switch it to a four-four-two, to a four-five-one, to do whatever the the game required at the time, depending on the team we're playing and how the game was going. And you're not just going to stick to a rigid formation. Your, your squad has to be clever enough, well-drilled enough, lucid enough to be able to, to switch um, to whatever needs to be done. So obviously Unsworth knows that. He's building a squad, I think, that he's going to try and be versatile. So he's got all this in mind. So the people that are like, that have just been slating him from day one, I, I don't think they've considered any of this. I don't think they've really, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I, it, we, we, I don't want to go on about it and I don't want to sort of patronise anyone or, you know, but I just don't think that, that, that there's enough thought has gone into. Um, it's been too simplistic, um, and and I think that the, the fruits of of Unsworth labour and the players' labour. He's been very quick to praise them and say that you know it's them that you know that have made the improvements. I think it's starting to it's starting to come through now, and I, I hope that everybody is delighted because that's you know. You know, you yourself, Dave, like following Latics since 2016, like you couldn't really put it to worse time to to get involved. It's been, it's it's it, it's not been fun, um, and things are going in the right direction. And how good is that? <laughs> finally, finally. So hopefully everyone's first happy, time, and hopefully first everyone's. Time since I followed. <laughs> exactly. Not, yeah. Absolutely. Right. No, it's been well downward spiral since you since you got involved, and and hopefully everyone's going to get behind the manager now and really sort of and give him a round of applause at the end of the season. Say, well done. Well done! You've 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 taken on a really tough job, and you, you've done a really you've done really well. Looking forward to next season, and you know the the next fuck ups always around the corner. The next mistake, things can always go wrong. You can always be proven wrong. But, you know, I mean, but as it stands, and I look, having looked at the season, he's done a great job, and he totally deserves. Uh, you know, everyone's back in next season. Yeah, I'm, I, th I think a, 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 another one that I'm going to be proved wrong on potentially is Green. That's the third time he's scored now. And in, in I, I saw someone describe, I can't remember who it was, someone described Green as a speedboat with no driver <laughs> at one stage. And I thought that was quite an That's what I was seeing was somebody who didn't. And again, if Unsworth can coach him to have an end product, he, he is lethal in terms of his pace. I, I, you know, he's, he's Barnet away, I remember watching him skin the fullback and then wouldn't know what to do with it when he got around the other side of it. But, you know, they, if, if if the coaching can improve these players and, and make them knit, then then that's exactly what David Unz was there to do. And, and those people that were calling for David Unz's head, like, you're he, 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 right, it's pointless. I don't 
what's the what's the point of pointing it out just just to say you were wrong? I think it it'd be good for those guys to when they're ready to say yeah I got it wrong because I think I think the the psychology of us on the terraces after 20 30 years of 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 just constant decline is we we just uh, collectively I think there's a reaction on the terrace which is we always expect the worst it's ne- it's negative and and I think some people have therefore just instantly gone oh we, we haven't had a, an instant manager's bounce so I'll get rid of him get another one in and actually a bit of patience has proved to be right and I think that's what probably a lot of Oldham fans need to need to come to terms with is we just need to relax be a bit zen for a bit <laughs> and just wait for the good times to come back instead of being so um expectant or needy that it happens it has to happen now it will come we just just be a bit patient yeah i agree i'm sure there's a lot of people sick of the word zen uh, at this point but like it just you know it's just like it, it, it doesn't help does it it's like you know if you're in a if you're in a what if you're in this this is gonna sound crazy, but if you're in the sea surrounded by sharks, right? You have to stay calm, don't you? Because if you start panicking and, and flipping out and got you, you're just gonna attract the sharks and you're gonna get eaten. It's like panicking in a situation doesn't solve it. You have to stay calm and you have to see what's going on and you have to look at the bigger picture. And obviously the board have done that with Unsworth. I'm sure that when we got when we dropped down into the bottom two. You know, there was they were having some awkward conversations with each other, saying, you know, and and having to sort of really test their resolve in terms of what they believe in. And and I'm really, really glad that the board stuck by the man that they said they believed in because that is really, really important. That is important for Unsworth. It's important for the board. It's important for the fans. It's important for the club that that that, that they stuck by him. If they'd have listened to the 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 noisemakers and and I think they were in a minority. I think they're in a minority on social media. It's just that they're the ones that tweet more more or, or post more often than others. I think they're in a minority in the stands when you hear them shouting like David Unsworth football is shit. Maybe at Notts County it's slightly more vocal in in the away end. I think that was a particularly low point. But I think on the whole it's being a minority. I think the majority of people. Some people will point. I mean, Gaz, <laughs> I don't want to pick on him when he's not here, but I just want to say, like, you know, he said 75% of fans now want to get rid of him, which, you know, is a fact that he pulled out of his bum. So, you know, that's, that, that's you know, I don't think that that's the case. I, I don't think that's the case at all. What Where where have you been on it, Dave, over the, over the course of the season? I've been the, in the camp of you've got to give him time. You can't just keep sacking managers left, right and centre. It hasn't worked for forever, has it? So you need to give him... You just need to give him time. Like he knows what he's doing. He's a he's a good coach, good coach at Everton. Knows what he's doing. He just needs just needs that bit. And so like you said earlier, he's been trying to work it out. He's had different formations, players coming and going. So now he's he seems like he's got a bit of a settled team. And since he's been playing a very similar team every week, we seem to be winning every week. Yeah, a lot because the the, the easy arguments people have is like, oh well, you should be playing him there, you should be playing them there. There's no why why is he not playing? He should be playing this. There's a lot more goes on in managing a a squad, managing a lot of uh, players and people. Um, You know that you know sometimes it's about attitude. It's about there's lots of different reasons, and it's it's just it's too presumptuous to just say, well, he's got that wrong. There might be a very good reason for it. And that's that's what I've been trying to sort of like, that's been my mantra of the season. Just take a step back and just let let the people who know what they're doing, there's no doubt that Unsworth and his team know what they're doing because they've been in the game for their whole lives uh, and they know far more than we do as, as fans. Just let them get on with it. 
I thought, I thought it was interesting yesterday that uh, Rooney was left out of the the entire squad. He wasn't even on the bench, was he? Uh, and he, and they asked Unsworth afterwards what that was about, and he he gave a I can't remember the exact answer he gave, but it was a sort of political answer. I suspect he was probably dropping in because he spat his dummy out when he went off the other night, and that appears to be what he's done with Tollett. So Tollett's been out of the team for weeks because he spat his dummy out as well. And yeah. there's something you know, there's something in there where he's managing human resources, keeping it in house. Clearly, because he's not yeah, talking yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah all, all, all this, all this is good. You know, you, you need a and he's bit. and he's doing what he should do in that situation. If you, if I say you're coming off, you're coming off, and you deal with it in a professional way. And if you start spitting, throwing you, I'm not. Now, first of all, we, this is allegedly like we're not. We don't know that that's happened with Tollett no. and, and Rooney. But you know, if that is the case then that's what you want. That's good leadership. That's good management. It's it, it, We've seen, I mean, obviously it's a completely different scenario than at Man United, but we've seen at Man United what happens when the players don't respect the manager and and and, and don't, don't respect decisions. And you need that strength in there. And, you know, I think Unsworth is that character. I think he's got that strength. And and, and look, if, if he doesn't get us out of this division by the end of his contract, he won't get a new contract, will he? Because that is the remit. Right, um, I should imagine. Maybe he will. I don't know, but that's his remit. That's that's what that's what I should imagine the, the board are going to judge him on, um, and 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 we should all be the same next season playoffs. If we get into the playoffs, it's anyone's guess. We might even do better than that next season. You know, with the play, uh, we we don't know. I mean, it's just I think just in let's not get let's not go too far back and wallow in what's happened in the past, and let's not go too far forward and think about the future. Let's just look at where we are now. Let's live in the moment. And just you know, be be grateful for where for where we are, and 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 to be ending the season like this. I'm really looking forward to next week now at the at the match. Yeah, it's going to be great next weekend, isn't it? I'm looking forward to coming up. We've got, we've got the games. Um, hopefully, I mean, if you look at Bromley, they're in the playoffs, aren't they? And uh, they had a good result yesterday, I think. So it won't be it won't be easy, but it'd be nice to see if we can compete with them. Um, you know. Oldham Athletic should be able to compete with Bromley for crying out loud, but we're obviously, as we just pointed out, that's you know we have to accept where we are for now. Next season will be a completely different um, perspective. Did you see this week that the club announced that they are continuing to fund and support the academy? Uh, no, I didn't see that actually, but I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, uh, which I thought was brilliant to see. So that means they've come to a decision that they'll continue to. You know, keep it going. I, I don't know whether that's you know just a commitment for another year because obviously we've got half the money coming in from uh, the football league. Obviously, the the head of the academy left. Yeah. Uh, this week uh, or, or in the last sort of week, um, a gentleman called uh, Lewis Dean. No, no relation. Re- Matt, no, relation. no, no relation. No uh, relation. Uh, one of the um, one of the um, legacies of the previous uh, era. In well, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I well, well, yeah, one of the legacies. Uh, allegedly, rumor would have it that uh, he was brought in by Mohammed Lemzagam via a mutual agent and an agent of doom, an agent of doom, and <laughs> might have been living in his gaff or something like that. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I think well, probably uh, good to it, move on. I wonder if, and this is purely hypothetical. I'm just, um, I'm just, you know, uh, blue sky thinking, guys. Um, I'm just wondering if, you know, the people have um, wondered about Harry Vaughan's sale. I wonder if Harry Vaughan, the money, some of the money from Harry Vaughan's sale has gone to fund the academy. Um, you know, like you think things like that 
could be, you know, like, why do we need, well, if we sell Harry Vaughan or we get the money from, from Harry Vaughan, he's come through the youth system, we can use that money to, to further the youth system. That, that, would, that would be nice if that's the case. And he's doing really well, isn't he? He's doing really, really well. And we've got we've just got a bit more money off him for making uh, his, his full team appearance and all that kind of stuff. So because so, that's I mean, it's absolutely vital. Like that, that 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 is really, really important that we have more Harry Vaughan's coming through. I would like us to get the benefit of some of them on the pitch as well. Um, but further down the line, but it's so vital to the to the sustainability of the club to this to this this uh, talent uh, flow that uh, that generates revenue talent on the pitch and, and future yeah revenue. but it, it, it but it just shows it, you know it, it just gives me not that i needed any more confidence given about the people running the club but it just shows you that, that all the time the decisions that you can see are the good decisions and the sound decisions to make for the future retaining um the the academy structure um supporting the the coaching staff that they've put in and giving him the support he requires to to succeed, which we're now seeing in terms of results. Um, I saw we signed um, a deal with another stats provider called Stats Bomb um, a few weeks ago. Stats Bomb, Stats Bomb, you're a Stats Bomb. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, we're, we're the we're the only club uh, outside the football league, so the only club in the national league to have a contract with that stats provider. So this is obviously something that Darren knows about that we touched upon mm. in our interview, which we can talk to him about again. It's just these are the sorts of things that you just look at. You like this is this is proper, this isn't it? We're being run like a proper football club. Mm. You know, we got we know the funds sit in the background, we know the structures there. Uh, I, I am I genuinely, you know, other other than um, other than uh, I'm looking forward to watching a bit of cricket and having a break. I can't. When August comes, opening game of the season, I'm going to be buzzing. I can't wait for it. It's going to be yeah, ace, isn't it? We're going to absolutely. have three or four new players in that team, and we're going to be thinking this could be it. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I'm, I, I, wherever we are on that day, I'm, on the opening day of the season, I'm going to be there definitely. Yeah. And um, I can't wait. Yeah, in the sunshine, hopefully, and just a you know, some getting having seen some of the the, the new signings over pre season, and yeah, it's going to be really, really. It's going to be great. I mean, and and we'll see. I mean, and then you know what it's like. Typical Latics. We'll lose our first game. Uh, all the, everyone will be doom and gloom. Hashtag will be going mental. Uh, Get him out, soldier. Blah blah blah. But you know, like, well, I'm sure it would be nicer. We, we, I'm, I, what's what's the start on the first winning the first game of the season? It goes back. A, it goes back a while, doesn't it? We haven't won, we haven't won for a while. Yeah. So they would psychologically it would be really great to win the first game of the season. Um, next season. But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves, aren't we? Um, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Dave, have you got anything uh, else that you'd like to mention uh, before we before we wrap up? No, not really. No, not there. Other than the fact that Frank was in the stand again yesterday with us having photos of everyone and chatting to everyone. But um, yeah, I just looked, looked at me right and he was there. I said to my brother, you wouldn't have that in the Premier League, would you? <laughs> you wouldn't have Shake Mansour. Shake Mansour there <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> He's having a great time, isn't he? You can see. I mean, he's he's, he's really enjoying himself. Him and him and Judith like get on the bike, uh, you know, go to all these places and you know mingle and and have nice weekends away and all that kind of stuff. And that you know, it's great. They're enjoying it. They're, they're, again, I don't want to hark onto the past, but they're enjoying the experience of being, you know, the owners of the football club. We've got a really, you know, touching on what you're talking about, the board there. We've got a really diverse board with lots of relevant experience um, that is some of which is football related, some of which is, is business related, some of which is law related, some of which is football law related, whatever. It's a really, really competent um, and experienced group of people. 
and diverse so that you're not it's not the like you know the last board ended up with three people on it and two were brothers and one was the the lawyer and and it was just you know it, it had nothing to offer um in terms of like debate and votes and what's the right decision i'm sure this but i'm sure the current board you know there's enough of them as well first of all for to have a split and so for things to be you know having to be discussed and argued about so the, which direction things going because that's the proper way it needs to be is you don't want everybody on the board to have the same point of view the same opinion and all just nod and say yes sir no sir so we're in a far better situation um and it's inevitably going to have positive consequences on the pitch and i'm delighted to say that we've sold out andy for, for uh, loud live and beefy next week it's um the sunday after the last game we've got frank and judith are coming down um with luke and sue and um darren and david unsworth and our two nominated uh, winners of the awards that we that we given out goal of the season and, and player of the season. So we're getting real buy-in from the club. They're coming down. Um, it's a sellout. We're absolutely buzzing. Thank you so much to everybody who's bought a ticket for it. It's going to be a very unique uh, night of fun and frolics. I can't wait for for it all to come together. We've been working really hard on it, and um, yeah, we just. What a difference a year makes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Could This could not have happened last season. I, I did, I did, if you'd have told me we'd have been here in a year's time, I wouldn't have believed you. No. it's And, and, and it just let's all just take a deep breath, take a step back, and just let that sink in. The Boundary Park Alert System is hosted and produced weekly by Matt Dean, Andy Halliwell and Dave Bradley. A huge thank you goes to those people who already subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate you all and if you'd like to help us out financially, please visit oafcpodcast.co.uk and click support or find the link in the show notes. It's only $2.99 a month to subscribe, but if you'd rather make a one-off donation, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash oafcpodcast or click the link on our website. Please follow and interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at OAFC Podcast and subscribe to youtube.com forward slash at OAFC Podcast where you will find the Latix Football phone in with myself and Dave Bradley live every Wednesday from 8.30pm. We'd like to thank Arlene Finnegan for writing our excellent weekly blog which we encourage you to read on our website every Saturday morning and thanks also goes to Paul Prentergast for providing us with all the Latix Mind questions. The title music for the show is by Manchester DJ and producer Starion and for more information visit bandcamp.com forward slash red laser records you can help change the game by listening to us on the fan hub app along with all major podcast platforms please like subscribe and review the pod and help us climb the rankings to get more listeners wherever you listen thank you for listening and if you'd like to be a guest or contribute to the show in any way we'd love to hear from you see you next week